Hello, this is William Hong, and it is Delster time. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. It's your boy Ricky, aka Dick Chuck, aka the man behind the can at Seltzer Time Official. Here is always with my conversation accomplice, the man with the honcho about what's there, Travis. What is cracking, Fizzle Fiends? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. And as always, we are so glad you are back with us. If you celebrate, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas because it's Christmas week here in the States. Jingle these bells, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And this week on the show, to celebrate our 99th podcast, we got the legend Wayne Grimes. No, we didn't. We got our buddy Joe Gonzalez Dufresne, wedding and commercial photographer, good buddy of ours. But before we get there, y'all know what we have to do. Hey, Ricky, how was your week? What's up? Um, My week was lovely. Let's see. What did I do this week? That's a great question. Uh oh, dude! There's a new spot called Thai Corner. Do you know where the Friends Cafe used to be? Up no. Off of Chandler Street. Okay. Okay. So it was. You know where the Seven Eleven is? Yeah. It was right across the street from there. Or it was like, yeah. There's like Donut Cafe Two, Seven Elevens on the other side, and then across from Seven Eleven, and also across from Donut Cafe would be Friends Cafe. Um, I never went to Friends Cafe. It closed. Sorry, guys. And Thai Corner opened, apparently, which I never even heard of until yesterday. But Naomi's parents got food from there, I don't know, sometime over the weekend. And they loved it. They said it was awesome. So last night, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to eat. We figured we'd like give this spot a a try. I almost got killed driving there because of that snow. It was so bad. (laughs) It snows a lot up here. (laughs) Well, yeah, and you got hills. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I literally saw a car like fly off the road, like hit a snowbank. It was fucking nuts. It was pretty crazy. Yikes, so, bikes. It was pretty wild. But uh, needless to say, Tide Corner is the spot. Um, it was really, really good. A bunch. I posted a thing on our on Southern Times Instagram, and a bunch of people were like, I love that place. So, oh, so it's been around for a minute? I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't really go that way anymore. Cause I don't have to, like, I don't live over there. So it doesn't sure. make sense. And there's nothing over there for me to go to, uh, except for that corner now. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we tried that out. It was great. I watched Ted Lasso. Naomi and I watched the entire first series, uh, season in like two days, basically. It's only, I don't know, eight episodes or 10 episodes. I'm it's really, really good. What's it's it awesome. About? I, it's about yeah, like a, a short premise. Okay. Um, so American football coach going through a divorce, accepts he's like very good football coach for like college team. Um, accepts a job over in London as a soccer coach or a football coach. And he's awesome. He's like the nicest human being of all time. He 
just has a really cool like way that he carries himself. Um, very nerdy, but like in the nicest way possible. Okay, it's it's a really 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 good show. I tend to like British things. It's way more American. Um, it's more like I don't know how to explain it. There's only like two American dudes in the whole thing. It's like the coach and then his assistant coach, whose name is the beard. Um, yeah, give it a shot. It's awesome. You'll like it. Yeah, give it a peep. Uh, our homie Pig Out Bakery dropped some new merch. Some dope ass designs. I know. I gotta get. I wanted to get the tie dye one, but it's sold out in large. So I think I'm just Not gonna surprised. go with the pink, pink and white tie dye is the move, man. I'm telling you, we should use I'm, some self time tie dye stuff. I'm. I told you, I want to get custom kevin law tie-dye do a run gotta happen um i'm i'm digging those designs by jess weiss nice job Killed it. yeah they're pretty cool yeah gangster and then uh the last thing i did was the homies in four years strong played a holiday show that was so goddamn fun yeah it was sick like from the whole thing looking like it was dubbed and like I don't just that down home feel for the the 20 minutes of watching Dan and Alan just sit there in chairs, fucking in silence was hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I am a huge fan of this, like watch a show from home thing. <laughs> I thought I was going to hate it. I've loved everyone I've watched so far has been different um, from the last one. So I'm really excited about that. I really like the fact that they had like, a little skit thing that kind of like wove in and out and they really played into the at home holiday special and there was a bunch of seltzer in it yeah oh <laughs> sean I connelly that. was in it dude sean banging his head making reprising his role i loved it it's the best i yeah. yeah no i was into it it was the new songs too like the only thing that bummed me out was i really wish we were like at the palladium because those new songs that new record's so good i really yeah, fucking really want to hear, hear it live, live. Yeah, yeah dude so I kept, I kept looking over at Sarah and I go, dude, a year ago, I was hanging out watching these dudes play live and they were just like, I heard, we heard, I think it was brain pain or one of the songs. They, they one, sampled yeah, one of the song. new songs. So I was, good. I was, wasn't as impressed by the guest performances they had. I wish oh, the yeah, other bands took a little bit more care with the way they produced their guest performances. Yeah, but I mean, they didn't have like a professional crew. Oh, I agree. They shot them on their phones probably. Yeah. I just, it was such a drastic, like I like how whoever edited that did what they could, added that fun little border, like made oh, it yeah, fun. Yeah. It just, I, I fast forwarded through those. I didn't watch yeah, it, it was, live though either. I, oh, I did. Or like, it wasn't live. It was like a stream thing. Like, or like they, they, you know what I mean? They it was like it. a yeah I, they released it at six so i watched it then but it like yeah they had recorded it before right so there's like a there's a way that we're even going to look to do the 100th episode where you can premiere the episode where everybody oh, cool. sees like when it's going to go live on youtube and then we can sit in the chat and if anybody wants to come and like watch the episode along with us um we could just sit there in the chat and type away and Oh, that's pretty fun. I was thinking maybe we can do like a, an Instagram live or something for it. I, I don't know. Yeah. Just do something. Do some celebrate. I'm into that. I'm into it. So, into it. How was I've, your week? I've been crushing TV shows too this week, man. Uh, one show specifically. Uh, I love 
excuse me, it's called The Repair Shop. It's this British show. I, I know I've talked about it on the show before, but they released this third season on Netflix. And it's it's this such a wholesome, lovely show about this shop where people can bring in their antiques and old, broken, rundown things. And this series of like, or this, this team of professionals will take it in and refab it like they got a guy that works on clocks they have a, a leather worker they have a couple furniture guys uh furniture awesome. people they have this, these two young ladies that work on stuffed animals and they repair old teddy bears and stuff that's so, so goddamn sweet and like this year sucked it sucked ass right <laughs> i needed a nice solid palate cleanser and this is it man i can watch this shit just for hours it's just so lovely and peaceful so that's, that's what like that's like my ted lasso like yeah ted lasso is that for me all right all right i'm into that but yeah so i've been balancing that between working and then I did play a little bit of a video game this weekend, which was pretty huge because I, I so I downloaded um, Star Wars last, not the Last Jedi. Oh man, Last Republic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about video games. I love it. Except NHL 2020. I still have to get 2021 because it just came out in like October, and I still don't have it yet. But I am in the second round of the playoffs. I think the last time we talked, I was losing two games to zip. Uh, now I'm losing three games to two. So I won. I won two today. The game I lost today, I simmed. It's my own fault. I should. Oh, you should. Dude, I had simmed. to. I know. I wanted Ran to like. Time. I didn't have time to play a third one, and I just kind of wanted to see what. I got happened. impatient. I get it. I did. It's my own fault. Idiot. This game's called Jedi Fallen Order, and it's kind of like Assassin's Creed and Star Wars land, and it's super, super fun. And you run around and beat people up with a lightsaber, and it's thoroughly enjoyable. And you got this cute little droid that follows you around. Okay, I'm into it. I've been doing that and then trying to get all my work done. Like I said, I thought I was going to take it easy before Christmas, and it sure hasn't happened. So this week, I've been (laughs) finishing stuff up. One of these days, I'll take some time off. Are you closing? Are you guys closing down? After we are, Christmas? yeah, yeah. So I work. Uh, we're open Christmas. I work every day until Christmas Eve. We're only open until like two, I think. Um, and then I think we're gonna have some lunch at the store, and then that'll be it. And then you boy will be on vacation. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll be on vacation until the second of January, which is dope. I will be probably playing a lot on TikTok and uh just recording stub stories now that i'm back in the back in the swing of things with that and like trying to finish making this into an office <laughs> i do i feel that i have a basement that i'm slowly working on but i went and grabbed i i loved this this beautiful oh, yeah. thing oh my word this got in my bag today for my order so you for those of you who are listening to this and not watching it on youtube you're dumb. Go watch it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, go watch it on YouTube. But um, yeah, so we just had these like little happy holidays cards made and they're put into every order. And it's the three of us wearing our jumpsuits and we look like, we, okay, we look like Slipknot. We are Slipknot. So that's, okay, I need to tell you, I need to come clean that I was having a meeting with Sean and Brian from Woot Nanny over the weekend and we were talking about you and I'm like, oh, I just need to figure out a way to get Ricky more involved. And they said, yeah, you got to buy him a jumpsuit. And I go, yeah, I know. The dude loves Slipknot. I really should know this by now. And then you, thank you. Thank you. 
You've just proven my point. I love it. It's what I'm here for, man. Making Slipknot jokes. I don't even like Slipknot. I like you don't like, even like Slipknot. I like Slipknot. Uh, like eighth grade me fucking loves Slipknot, but 30, 33 year old me can appreciate how good they are live. Like I never saw them live when I was younger. I saw them live. Uh, I don't know, five years ago or something, six years ago, whenever the first tour they did with Jay Weinberg is their drummer. Gotcha. That's the first time I saw them. Corn opened. Both bands were absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I feel like it was 2015. I'll find out. I'm sure I have a ticket stub next to me in this book somewhere over there. All right. So Ricky's we'll going to find out and we're going to toss it to Joe where we talk about more music and photography and less Slipknot. What is cracking, Fizzle Fiends? This week on the show, we are talking to Joe Gonzalez Dufresne, wedding and commercial photographer and a very good friend of ours. Hey, Joe, thanks for being our Wayne Gretzky. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. Thanks for having me and uh, honored to be here and all that jazz. All that jazz. Our Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I mean, every every podcast needs a 99th, and I'm really pumped that we got to call in a good one from our friend Joe and talk about local music and local art, and it's like all the stuff that we love. Definitely. It's true. Are you drinking a coffee from New Tradition? Uh, well, beans. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, not you, man. Yes, not you. Uh, I am. I had to get a Peppy Moki while it's still in season. Hell yeah, Peppy Moki. It's Peppy uh, Moki. It's exactly what it is: peppermint mocha with whip, uh, oat milk, and uh, it's it's very dreamy. <laughs> you make an oat whipped? I didn't know they could make oatmeal whipped cream. But there's uh, there's there's a couple non dairy brands that are really good. They've come a long way. Wait, did he find non dairy whipped cream? Yeah, yeah, Big Y sells it. Uh, yeah. Shout okay, out Big cool. Y. Woo-woo. Shout, shout out Big Y. This this uh, this podcast is brought to you in part by Big Y. The Grandy Greck. <laughs> um, so, Joe, uh, figure we could start with the photography stuff because that seems to be what you're doing these days. Um, not seems to be. That's how you are spending more of your time <laughs> these days. Um, we always see you with a camera. It feels like you're a photographer or something. Well, I mean, he did just help us out with those badass shots in Worcester. Um, that was super fun. Let's start there. Thank you. I'm going to publicly say thank you for taking those shots of us. Uh, thank you for getting Ricky and I almost hit by cars because that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank God for uh, crosswalk lights, right? <laughs> I knew somebody was going to ask. And really, that first day we posted it, someone was like, oh, way to be safe or something like that. We're like, no, yeah, no, we, we stay in the crosswalks. I know. I saw that. I'm like, people, that's the thing. People don't know, like the story of a photo, right? Because, you know, we could have easily been irresponsible and ran through traffic and got the same result. But, you know, we're older fellas. So I figured crosswalk, <laughs> you know, push the stop sign. Look both ways, kids. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> we would have probably held hands crossing the street, but, you know, COVID. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Naomi, uh, Naomi's friend, Naomi asked at one point if we were holding hands and I said, yeah, of course, I'm not allowed to cross the street by myself. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Do you do like a lot of shoots like that where it's just kind of, uh, no actual plan. You just kind of walk around and have fun. Um, sometimes it's, it doesn't happen as often as I would like it to, um, more so like if I'm not shooting, sometimes I'm just sitting on the couch <laughs> or hanging out at, you know, getting a coffee and, you know, hanging out with the fam. Um, 
I really want to do more stuff like that. It's just I have to, you know, see who's available, the time. Um, if it is spur of the moment, it's because like of the weather. So like if it's a really nice sunny day, you know, um, a good run down to the city, you know, could be really cool because the way the sun leaks through the buildings and everything. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to do more spur of the moment stuff. So this is probably the time to do that. <laughs> so especially now that my my season's winding down, my my very weird uh, shortened uh, wedding season. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. How many? So how on average, how many weddings do you do in a non-COVID year? Um, between twenty and twenty-five. Um, I try to keep it around there because I don't want to overwhelm myself. Um, with work as no one really ever wants to, but like, I just want to be able to focus and get my work done. And in addition to like, um, additional like commercial jobs, I need to just be able to focus on what's in front of me and not, you know, you know, being overwhelmed is not a good feeling. <laughs> um, especially in this industry, because, um, you know, everyone has different turnaround times, like weddings are different. Those take a bit longer because of just the quantity of photos where other shoots, or less output in the end. So those can be quicker. So just finding all that balance. Nice. And then for contrast, what did this year look like? Uh, it honestly, it was better than I expected. So huh. in, in March and April, it started, you know, with a couple clients getting in touch, um, you know, about postponing their wedding. And so I had a post-it note. I wrote their names down, just a little, just checklist. And then next, and then like two weeks later, it turned out to a whole entire spreadsheet. Um, so, so I had to like keep track of everyone because people were changing dates, postponing. Um, it was just like uh, a mess for everyone. Everyone's trying to organize, figure out the best way to do it. You know, I, I didn't want to lose clients. They still wanted to work with me. So we, yeah, I put together like a web page that had information on what my protocols were going to be. So they would be prepared. So it's not like an awkward conversation. Um, they know everything I'm willing to do on my end. And it worked out great. Almost everyone uh, rescheduled successfully to next year. Um, and they, you know, I only had like one couple cancel. That was like in March, uh, early, Mar you know, this year. Um, that was it. Everyone else just moved. And then, so what happened is it opened up, I basically thought I was going to have the whole year off. And then all of a sudden, once people figured out what they were um, able to do with guidelines, and once obviously um, everyone learned more about COVID and, um, you know, like with social distancing, wearing masks, being outside, I was doing a lot of the, they're calling them micro weddings, um, but I ended up shooting a whole bunch of those throughout, you know, the, the summer into the fall, um, which was great. It was only like, you know, anywhere from two to five hour weddings, which was pretty great. And everyone awesome. was basically, you know, following the guidelines, everything's outside, um, masks, you know, most of the time, you know, outside, um, and the social distancing was great. Um, you know, I'm wearing like two masks cause I'm just, you know, I'm like just being super safe, you know, cause I'm working with people every weekend and I go home to my family and I just can't, you know, mess around like that. So and on top of that, I get the weekly tests, but anyway, so the, um, to go back to the, you know, my season, it just, it just helped 
you know, like that it was something that no one expected, um, you know, with work coming in, like the way it did, it wasn't like the same workload that I would normally have, but it just still, you know, came to fruition, uh, unexpectedly. So the, um, and the people that I've worked with have been all incredible. Everyone like, you know, it, I feel like in a sense, the weddings ended up even not to say like a regular wedding day and non COVID times was, wasn't emotional or powerful, but I feel like it was even more important, you know, now, um, just because they realize that they're able to have this small gathering, um, and they really think about who they really want immediately next to them, if any, so if anyone. This year has been very good about refocusing our value set and just like there, I don't know, thinking back years past around this time, I would be upset if I didn't go to like three or four parties and see, you know, all the people that I'm trying to see and my gift list, you know, this year, I am thankful if I get to see my parents in real person in real life. And like, that's it. That's good. I'm fucking good. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's a, a recalibration. So for something like a wedding, having it completely boiled down to just the most important people in a very micro setting. If I was to do our wedding again, I would totally see the value in that non COVID related. Yeah. Yeah. People have really gotten creative to just a lot of people using their backyards. People have had to postpone multiple times throughout this year. And they just say, you know what, screw it. Let's, uh, let's just use our backyard. And, and they're really nice and more, it just has a more personal touch, more meaningful. I've found, I, I mean, I do a lot that. of backyard, I do a lot of backyard weddings anyway, but like just to do like more, it was really just nice. Um, you know, people's pets are at their house running around, you know, just little things like that. Um, I was to a backyard wedding. It's actually the only well, I guess I, well, I went to a wedding in February too, pre-COVID. Um, yeah, we were supposed to go to like something like eight weddings, I think, this year. And we went to two. One of them was in February. And then um, one of them was a backyard wedding in August. And it was it was awesome. Super, super, super chill. All the other ones were either like scaled down to like just family so we couldn't go. Um, or they were rescheduled to next year, which was great. But yeah, backyard, backyard weddings and move yeah. into it. Definitely. Maybe that's wedding. what I'll do. I'm telling you, man, at having done the other way, like Sarah and I look at how much we spent versus it, it would have been more uh, fiscally responsible to invest that money in something like a house or not our house, but like pay down student debt. Like that yeah. money could have been better spent than on one day. I'm, instead of having a huge wedding, I think we're just going to allocate whatever wedding budget we have to a seltzer budget for me. Naomi would be cool with it. <laughs> Do something like build your home bar of your dreams, and the two of you can have your home bar that you ever wanted. <laughs> she doesn't make drink. Well, she can always have, I don't know, fucking Shirley Temples. Make sure that exactly. she has enough grenadine to last her through the millennia. <laughs> Gotta watch out for those red dyes, though. Oh true. my God, this Papa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help it. I love them. Oh, I see. That's awesome. I absolutely. And this is typical for our conversations at the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was looking out for everyone. Dude, I, oh, I, I love it. Yeah. 
<laughs> Joe was the one that talked me to get my first COVID test. He's been sending me details throughout this entire thing on where I can go find them. We oh, were just, yeah. Before we were recording, he was giving me some tips as the test that I'm going to go take here this afternoon. So yeah, I appreciate it. It's it's good to have friends that are more knowledgeable on things. <laughs> lots of research, lots of swabbing. <laughs> <laughs> I especially like when you and Strader put up the videos of each other that you're swab buddies again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. One test, like, um, it was a drive-up one that we go to a lot. We ended up coincidentally having an appointment at the same time, basically. So I pulled up and he was like right next to me. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it's just getting ridiculous. But, you know, it's good that they offer him for now. Yeah. yeah. True. So yeah, so prior to photography, you were in a band? Yeah, I was in a few bands. Um, that's basically like exactly where why I'm where I'm at right now. So like everything, I always look at everything in life. Maybe most people do, I don't know. But I look at as, you know, everything has led to where I am right now, you know, from the past. So, but yeah, I was in a few bands, did some some touring and, you know, did all that, did some tour managing, which was a cool experience. Um, that was a little short-lived just because I couldn't travel like all the time at that point in my life, you know? So, uh, you know, or maybe I just wasn't a good tour manager. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Both things are possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard gig, tour managing. I've done a couple tour managing gigs. It's not easy, man. Yeah, there's a there's really a lot. Like I I would do, I was kind of semi organized for my bands and just kind of handle a lot of the stuff, but um, but like when you do it for other bands, it's I think even you know it's it's more important to keep track of everything. Um, you know, there's so many different factors like making sure the head count and the ticket count lines up and it's just, it's just a lot, you know, and making sure you're, you're getting paid because sometimes you deal with people that, you know, that, you know, yes. Take, like take money from the door. Well, like, cause these like are that. other kids that don't know what they're doing. So it's like, Oh, I could throw a show. Yeah. Okay. I'll guarantee you $200. And then you go looking for your $200 and the kid fucking beat feet halfway through the third set. All right. Yeah. That's why I'd be I, the um, worst tour manager. <laughs> I like can't ask for money for anything and I'm not exactly the most organized person. I'd be like a really fun, like, like merch guy. Roadie. Like, I could, yeah. There you go. Like, yeah. You would get all, I could see you honestly as the, you know, the entertaining merch person that oh, yeah. has that like creative tip jar, you know, like we'll dance for <laughs> tips or something. And then you're, you're just, it's just full by the end of the night. <laughs> yes when i was out with sjc i wasn't even like technically a merch guy like i was just running our booth but it was kind of the same thing where i just like made friends with everybody because <laughs> i had very little responsibility and yeah i made tips for selling literally nothing it was awesome yeah <laughs> a lot of free beers it was great yeah, nice i mean it's uh, a fun life but it, it like that's the thing so it, from the outside it looks like it's fun luxurious tour life but when you're actually doing it, it is so much work. And if you don't get people that are taking it seriously, like if you're tormenting for a band that is just a bunch of losers, 
mm-hmm. it's gonna freaking kill you. It's gonna like drive you insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of there's so many like random things <laughs> with this whole that's the thing, right? So, like for uh just to touch on the the touring part, like obviously it's not really glamorous, really. Um, in you know, at least in my experience and many others, but the uh my, you know, I've been to many states and cities in the country, and my wife's like, she's like, you've been there, but you haven't really been there. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, you're right. But that's why, like, now I'm like, I find the cities that I really liked going to, and we travel to them now as a family, <laughs> you know? So, um, and we base a lot of it around food. So, <laughs> you were like a scout, you were just scouting locations. Oh, absolutely. That's it. That's the only reason why I was in a band to scout locations for, for you and your daughter yeah before i even even thought about having a kid i was like so <laughs> it's like you never, know. you never know all right so what's the what's your favorite city i got it now um phew. well i have two is that okay that's perfect i, I do don't too. know we'll um, see well it's uh poor in oregon or oregon <laughs> okay um and said, uh, said correctly oregon and not oregon yeah well some some of my friends there say it's like oregon like oregano so it's oregon like or yeah. um but anyway so you know it still hasn't been drilled in my head it's been years um they're in uh philly um yeah. philly mainly because uh i don't even know how many years it's been has to be at least 20 years since meeting like some friends there. Uh, so in some of my past bands, we, we played in Philly a bunch and some of my closest friends to this day, um, were in bands then, and we still, uh, hang out. We had, some of us have kids. Um, and if I can travel out there with them, the kids play and we get to hang out. Um, so it's kind of, it has a special place, like in my like heart as cheesy as it sounds. I just, because of them, I love Philly. Um, because it wasn't just, a spot to just hang out and see sites. It was more just like, Hey, let's go to this. Let's go to this speakeasy at four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you know? And then like people are getting in fights and like, it's like, yeah, this is Philly. <laughs> you know, then we go to the pretzel factory and we get, um, you know, fresh, like a giant garage door opens and a conveyor belt oh. of j- soft pretzels come out. <laughs> Oh. And they just break them off and they, they go to all the Wawa's and all the plate, you know, those places out there, but they, um, you can buy them there by, you know, individually or by in bulk and they have a conversion chart. So like one could cost a dollar, but two could cost 75 cents and it gets less and less. So we buy bricks of like, <laughs> we, we, you almost like, it's almost like one of those things where you get more than you can handle. Oh yeah. So, uh, um, so anyway, and they have like, like several vats of mustard and you can pick your favorite mustard anyway. So that, you know, things like that, like nobody really gets to experience, you know, I feel if, if you're just stopping in like this, these are things that I thought were really awesome. I don't know. It's just, you know, the people make your experience. So, um, For sure. so it was there and then in Portland, Oregon, I feel like that, you know, that area just resonates with me. Um, just because, you know, it's a big artist, it's like a big artist collective, <laughs> you know, in the, in the, in the scenery there, it's just like unreal. Um, so those yeah. are probably two of my most traveled destinations in the country since post music life. Um, 
Um, yeah. Uh, the correct answer was Worcester, Massachusetts, though, Joe. Sorry. So we're going to have to de deduct <laughs> uh, points. But I'm from Worcester. Um, uh, no, so all right, hold on. I have family. <laughs> I have family out in Eugene and Eugene, Oregon. And Oregon is. Oh, nice. It's a much slower way of life out there, but it is very beautiful. Except Portland. I didn't, I haven't spent much time in Portland, but uh, I love that it has such a huge comic book industry. Like there are a lot of people in mainstream comic books around Portland, Oregon. Nice. Yeah. It gets excited. Yeah. So what was, so, all right. So in your band days, what was like the biggest venue or show that you played? Like what was biggest? like the most notable? Um, good question. I've, I don't know, like capacity wise. Um, I mean, let's see, Norva in Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia. Um, I don't know how many people that holds, but it was a great show. Uh, the audio was great. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was more memorable for me, I think, because when I got to the venue, um, I have the road case for my amp and, uh, I mean, I'm still a dumbass, but back then I was a dumbass too. Um, but I was, uh, instead of carrying, I had no one to help carry my road case and it didn't have wheels. So they have, if you've seen them, they have like the metal rounded edges, but it's still metal. So I'm like, I'll just push it across the floor of the venue. And the floor is actually like a painted, like a black painted hardwood. And so it left a big scratch going all the way across the length of the floor. Oh. And the staff was like, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, oh shit. So I was, I thought I was gonna get, you know, banned. But it was it was fine in the end because at the end of the show, there was so much dust, you know, from people's shoes, you couldn't see anything. So I felt a little bit better about it. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> I feel like that um one of the last shows I did in one of my bands was one of the skate fests. I forgot nice. what year it was, but that was kind of like when we were. I kind of knew the band was going to be done at that point, but like it was still cool to play downstairs at the Palladium because I think, I don't know if that was the, I think I've only played down there downstairs once, maybe twice, but definitely once downstairs. Um, you know, it was cool, you know, just, uh, I don't know, just the energy is just like pretty cool. What year was that? <clears throat> oh, I don't know. It's got to be. Do you remember who else played? I can't remember if that's the year Andrew WK played. Um, I think it may have been the year, you know, it's, everything blends together. It's so bad. Like, I'm suck. like, did, was I was I at that show or did I play that show? I have no idea. <laughs> Wait, okay. You guys keep talking. I'm going to check something. Because I think if it was the, f I only went to two of those skate fests, but one of them I still have the handbill for, and it has all of the bands that played. Okay. I'm gonna see if you if you played. All right, which which band would you have played with? Orange Island. Orange Island. Okay. Orange Island. Yeah. And then for our listeners, just conversely, I want to hear about some of the worst shows you've ever played. Like the worst. Some of the times um, where you got stiffed by the promoter or you didn't even get to play. Um. Oh yeah. So let's see. If we want to go back okay. to like the maybe late nineties. I'm really dating myself here, but um, I know a lot of your listeners were born in the late nineties. So, 
Um, oh yeah, so there. One of my old bands we were called Prize Fighter. Then we changed our name to the Chase Scene. That's a whole nother story. Um, but the uh, there was a we had like a you know people that wanted to help us out and book a tour for us. So they booked, you know, they booked the tour. They got all these dates. They gave us our itinerary. We all kind of quit our jobs, ready to go. Like, you know, um, and we had this, you know, the, the, the tour date. So we put everything up online. And then, you know, when you're in a band, you, you advance the show, you call and, hey, you know, we're coming in. Almost every place we call, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. So there was like a fake tour set up basically. And there was like, I think two, sh two actual shows out of like literally going from, you know, like the Northeast down to Texas. Two weeks? It was gonna be a couple weeks, yeah. And it only two of the shows was awful. So we said, screw it. So we just started contacting, and this is, you know. MySpace days? Yeah, yeah. I know Maybe exactly even, what you're about to tell me. What? So you would contact the bands and try to hop on shows last minute? Yep, we contact people, be like, do you know anyone? Like, anyone. Like, so we ended up filling in some of the dates. We said, fuck it, let's go. So we drove the, uh, you know, we, we went from like, where'd we go? Um, it was like Philly. And then, I don't know, it was just, we ended up driving to Texas with a big gap in the middle. We said, <laughs> screw it. And then we ended up, um, you know, getting, I don't know how many, it wasn't that many, you know, we had like Mississippi, like, you know, just some of the Gulf states. And then we ended up back in New Jersey or, or um, Pennsylvania with our friend's band, um, Little League. They, are, they changed their name to Kill Verona, but they were the ones I was talking about earlier that, you know, we've become good friends with over the years. Um, things like that. So it was just kind of like, I don't know. It, so that was probably like, that was like the first experience getting thrown into the bullshit of the industry. And um, yeah, that sucked <laughs> after that. Um, Those ones are fun. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that was the most, like that sticks in my head the most, just like um, basically like, you know, as I learned, I just learned for me personally, I, I do this with everything in life. I don't want to be that person ever. So I'm learning from other people's bullshit, what not to do in life. That, I don't know, that's just how I am with everything. Even in, with weddings and commercial work, I want to treat everyone differently than, you know, I was with respect. During yeah. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's, a ba it's, it's transparency. It's, you know, just being honest. And if, if shit hits the fan, reach out, be like, Hey, yeah. this tour, you're uh, just so you know, I couldn't do this. I couldn't fulfill, you know, my obligation. Sorry. You know, all right, well, we'll figure it out. All right. We won't quit our jobs today <laughs> to go on tour. Uh, um, I know exactly what that, but like, uh, so I had a tour just like that too. Those are the worst because I'd set it up all of myself. So I didn't have a, I didn't have anybody else helping me. I set it up through MySpace, found all these promoters or other bands, tried to figure out where they were playing and basically set up this whole two week tour around this skate park in Florida. I want to say it was like Tampa Bay area. Um, and I'm like, all right, sick. So week down, week back, finally get down there after a week of shitty shows and then get to the skate park. And like, we're trying to load in and the guy's like, what are you guys doing? Or like, we're here for the show. We're, we're trying to meet <laughs> what, 
what show that got canceled months ago like what do you mean it got canceled months ago that was the shit that like all right if i'm going to treat something seriously i got to keep in contact with these people those are like hard yeah. lessons learned but there were only ways i could learn them yeah, yeah. were you able to find it's, it ricky yeah oh yeah it, it, i don't think you played in 2003 <laughs> no it was it was it was either it must it might have may have been 2004 uh i think we i think orange island broke up in 2005 i was at the 04 show but i don't think oh, i have i don't have like the yeah i was trying to find it on uh online i can't find that specific one but anyway it you know it was just cool i had fun i always had fun i just ride it out you know even <laughs> even i i look at it this way as much bullshit as you deal with being in a band you know, you're, you're dating literally everyone that's in the band with you, you know, it's a relationship and people fight and all this stuff. I just wanted to enjoy every second of it because there's not many people that get to play music and travel. You know, it's an experience I can't explain unless you've done it, you know, or something like it, you know? Um, so I I don't take that for granted. So when the, you know, when the bands, the band ended, I was, I, I was definitely bummed, but I was like, well, I got this experience. I've, made lots of friends through it i just look at the positives i had to i had to roll with that you know um you know it just it just made more sense for me i'm, I'm trying to i try to stick with the pma <laughs> i'm with yeah. you i'm absolutely so with did you. you did you start booking okay everybody i've talked to about you the first thing they say is like he books the most legendary shows so did you well, start cool. booking shows after the band broke up or were you doing that while no. the band was still playing so that that happened that I I that's an honor to hear anyone say anything like that about anything I've done. So like it's uh, I so basically after my band broke up, I did a you know a little bit of tour managing. Like again, that was short lived. Um, but you know I I just I was talking. I don't know if you know Merrick Jamil. Uh, sorry, I have like Jamilowitz. He used to book uh, shows at the. He used to work at the Palladium um and he ended up wow he He lives in california now but he he books like he does he's like a he's a booking agent i think he works with like code orange now and like bands like that oh wow Um, he used to work with uh matt pike out here um in in the northeast um but anyway so so he and i were you know we were very close back then and we were talking about just that we just thought the local scene of worcester wasn't what it used to be like there's you know, there were still shows and happening, but like, let's really like just go all out and just like make shows rock. Like, you know, just go crazy, you know, make shows rock. Yeah. <laughs> rock and roll saves your soul. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I think let's Joe make shows rock. Like I feel like Jack Black's about to come out of nowhere. I know. I know. I think it's the dad in me now. I'm just like, it's not like, Let's rock. That's it's so bad. I think it's because I have a mic here. So, <laughs> hey, no judgment here, rock. man. Let's rock and roll. You want to be Omek? You be Omek. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so what we ended up doing is, um, year, when I was a teen, I used to go to shows at the <laughs> QVCC, and they stopped for years, and then they were kind of doing it again. So I, I went and I. Um, spoke with the man who runs everything. I said, "Hey, I'd like to do shows here." Um, I I ended up making the it was the name of the 
company like we started was called Grand Unif Grand Unified Presents. It's based uh, something that Merrick wanted to name it because it has to do with the Grand Unified Theory, which I never heard of until he told me about it. Um, it's <laughs> I just looked it up just so you, I can tell you. Uh, the Grand Unified Theory is a model in particle physics in which at high energies, the three gauge interactions of the standard model compromising the electromagnetic weak and strong forces are merged into a single force. <sighs> oh, okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Fucking so deep. I was like, I was like, <laughs> Merrick, you nerd. <laughs> no, but anyway, yeah. It, it, so basically, it's just kind of like shows coming together, one force, you know, type of thing. Um, so in a sense, it does make sense, like with that terminology, if you heard yeah. what I said. So anyway, um, so I, yeah, I, you know, I, I, you know, I uh, incorporated it as an LLC, you know, had to get insurance because I'm dealing with like a venue that's not mine, kids possibly getting hurt, you know, all this stuff. So I, I wanted to do everything right. Again, reflecting back to my experiences in life, I want to do things right. I want everything to be done you know, how I feel like it should be. So everyone can enjoy a rock show. Safely. So, <laughs> safely. Um, so, so we ended up talking to um, wonderful human, uh, Keith Gagner, who did the sound at the Palladium upstairs. So when you, I don't know if he still does that anymore. I've lost touch with him since doing the shows, but he, so if you ever went to a Palladium show upstairs, you'd see the stacks on the side. Those are all his, so. Oh, he, wow. We talked to him and we worked out a rate for him to do the shows. And obviously it's not palladium level, you know, but it's, you know, so we worked out a budget. So we knew what to pay him every single show, no matter what. Um, and so he would come in, he actually like hated the electrical system there. So he upgraded their electrical for them. Like, as you do, him, we didn't even tell them. But of course not. Because like he, he, we got a, they got a free electrical upgrade because of him. He made it so it could run everything. And we fixed the lights. There were like stage lights because the upstairs at the QVCC has a stage. And it's a church, essentially. And they used to have little colored lights and have plays and stuff. But they're on the ceiling. So we fixed all those. Anyway, so we, we would put, you know, Keith would set up his rig. And he'd have this huge soundboard in the back. And, you know, um, I'll never forget like some of the first shows bands would show up and they, you know, they'd be like, Oh, all these stairs to carry up all of our equipment. And they're like walking in they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, they're just like excitedly, just like, they're like, this is, this is not a PA system. This is like a, you know, this is a show like, you know, system, <laughs> you know, for palladium. So, so bands would come in and they, they get, the most incredible sound and i want that's something that we wanted so when bands would play it just even though it's a you know, it's still a diy style setup you know aside from that <laughs> they uh you know i just feel like bands just deserve to sound awesome all the time well it so, turns out um, shows are more better when more better shows are better when bands sound good and they can hear themselves so that they right. can play more confidently yeah. So, so it was, Who knew? I know. Right. So, so I had this rig and it was just awesome. So people wanted to play the shows that I, you know, like people look forward to that. And, um, so, you know, we started off doing like some small shows to test it out and then it just grew into something. I didn't, ex I didn't expect it to grow like the way it did, but Merrick and I just used our connections and, you know, with 
certain booking agents were just like, hey, just so you know, if you have any tours coming through, hit me up and I'll put a bid in for the packages and get them, you know, the bands coming through. Um, a good place to play, you know, that, it, but, you know, it's for like, basically the shows I did were for bands that, you know, that were touring for the most part and couldn't, like, they're not big enough to fill the Palladium upstairs, but they don't, they might not need to do a basement show, you know, like, yeah. so like they, you know, like bands that would, you know, fill up that place. So, um, three to 500 heads. Yeah. Let's add, yeah, we, we, we overcapacitated, um, a lot. Uh, yeah. I don't Whoops. know. Can I get in trouble for saying that? <laughs> Statues of limitations they, has to have. Yeah. I don't think they can like retroactively find yeah. you. <laughs> like we, I, I can't even explain how over, like I was in the office downstairs during some of the shows and the, you know, it's shows on the second floor and I just watched the ceiling go, you know, like move up and down. <laughs> and I was like, please, 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 please. The room could hold the amount of people that were up there. It's just the, the whatever the the code regulations were were a lot less. So, but that ended up be letting you know the shows were nuts. They were some of them were out of control, like fun. Um, I'm trying to think of yeah, like even like four years strong played there a bunch. That's where I basically met all of them. So that was yeah, it was probably 15 years ago easily but um you know like when they played it was i was like i was I look at the crowd go nuts i'm like i don't think i've ever seen a fan base go this insane at a show like it was amazing um <laughs> you know that and like we did like two we we put on um uh we did a bane weekend so it was a saturday and sunday show with bane and both of them sold out so we Ugh. like how, over how high is the stage the stage, I think, is, I think, a few feet, at least okay. three feet high. Well, because if so. you said you booked Bane, that means you probably had everybody up on stage. Oh, it was out of control. It was awesome. Um, there was, yeah, each, each day, because we used to, I actually did, so the other thing I did, too, is I did pre-sale tickets and stuff, too, through a ticket provider, um, which helped greatly. So, you know, shows were selling out. We were doing, like, over 400 people, like, in that room. So, uh but the Bane shows were just absolutely ridiculous and, and so much fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just grateful for, for that, you know, for those opportunities, you know, and just to, and Bane used to play there, you know, when they first started years ago, you know? So cool. it's, yeah. So it's great to like get bands back into those type of places just with a really good sound system. <laughs> um, <laughs> to this day, my favorite place to see a show is always going to be a hall. It's going to be a hall show that has mm -hmm. a decent sound engineer. But like growing up in Connecticut, I saw with honor play hall shows a whole mess load of times. And again, there was no stage, but there were still dudes like just piling on and okay. just really like brotherhood, fun fucking vibe in just this hall that some kid had his bar mitzvah a couple weeks ago. Yep. That's exactly it. Yeah. Cause that was it. Yeah. Usually the, like the next, you know, day there'd be like a church service or something, <laughs> you know? So you have to make the place look, you know, spotless um, for that. So <laughs> did you have any like shows go bad on you? Um, almost, I think, let me try. Oh, <laughs> seriously, this is kind of, this is, it'll be interesting to see if I get hunted down after this. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> 
there was there was a show. It was um, it was Therefore I Am. I don't know if you remember them. Um, yeah, and I think Vanna. Anyway, I think it was um, Therefore I Am's record release show. I did that for them. I think they were one of my last. That that actually was my last show there. I was actually on my way out from doing the bookings, um, and they asked me to help run the show for them. Um, and so because um, because I ran such a tight ship, I they I didn't need a police presence because I had volunteer staff and some people did security. Um, that were actually like one person was a bouncer at the Palladium at the time. So anyway, he awesome. you know he helped me out you know things like that. Um, never really had too much trouble, thankfully, you know, but, um, so, so because it technically wasn't like my show run under my moniker. It, so therefore I am had to get a police detail. So the police officer hung out in the office downstairs, you know, this was like a last minute thing that they needed to add on. And I was like, Oh shoot. <laughs> Cause of the capacity. So if they see that, you know, the place is like full, it's going to get shut down. So we were downstairs in the office and I was down there the whole show and the police officer was, he just liked to hear himself talk. So, <laughs> so I was no. just having a, I was having a conversation with him. Well, he was having a conversation with him, but uh, I was like <laughs> the whole entire show, like for three hours and like, uh, you know, other people would come down and like, like feel bad that I was stuck down there. Cause I, you know, and would switch out with me and the show was went off without a hitch just knowing it was 30 steps away from getting shut down and, you know, <laughs> it was the weirdest thing and then after the show all everyone left and then the police officer went upstairs to make sure everything was cool and everyone was out by then it was the weirdest thing so That's that awesome. was that that almost went awry um i don't know if the show would have got shut down or not maybe but but anyway the show was great you know from i didn't get to see it all because i was downstairs in the office the whole time but um that was like a close call. I did have one show where a kid, you know, in the pit, you know, got hit in the face and ended up with a bloody nose. And I brought him downstairs, gave him a nice pack, called his mom. Give him a juice box. It. Yeah, give him a juice box. Thankfully, he wasn't that young. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, and it, I'm like, great, this is it. Like, someone's going to sue me now, you know. So I had insurance and everything. So, but it doesn't matter. It's just a fact of anything happening. So the mom shows up. And she's, she comes up to me and she's like, thank you for taking care of him. He gets these bloody noses every weekend. I appreciate you doing this. Like, it means a lot to me. Have a good night. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that's, that's a, you're an awesome mom. <laughs> thank so, you for not suing me. Yeah, I know. I was just like, you know, I'm, yeah, of course I wanted to take care of your kid. He has a bloody nose. I'm not going to leave him hanging there. But like, you know, he just sat in the office with his nose you know, head back and the cloth on his face. And she just took him. Uh, I said, here's your number. Call me. Let me know how it turns out. And she said, everything's fine. He just has a swollen nose. Nothing broken. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hi, sorry. Yeah, Timmy just rocks too fucking hard. And he does this yeah. every weekend. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, his mom's like, Timmy, again? Classic. What did we tell you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, from some of the shows that I've been to that got – like horrendously destroyed like people taking out lamps with their guitars and a little yeah. bloody nose that is really not that big a deal so i'm glad to hear none of yours got went horrifically wrong. yeah i mean there were there were some like scuffles here and there even with like someone rushing the door at a show once and i grabbed them and 
it ended up like one of those like face-offs, like in a like a an Avengers movie, like you're holding on to each other and you're ready to like do that. And then I said, We're not doing this. And I just let I let the dude go because I didn't want to get into a fight. And then I I collected myself and then I went up into the show and I tapped him on the shoulder. And I was again, I'm thinking about like I was I was actually like a dad that day. I said, <laughs> I'm like, can you come downstairs? Let's talk. You know, so uh, we did and worked everything out. And he, in the end, he just laughs. He's like, you need better people at the door. <laughs> but I was just like, and I found out he was friends with one of the bands. I'm like, they had spots on the guest list. You didn't have to rush through the door, you know? So I took it, I went in a different direction, you know, with it. And ended up fine in the end. And he apologized. And so. Always taking know, the Papa Joe approach. I don't know. I just don't want bullshit in my life. I just, I'm. I'm done. I respect that. I, dude, <laughs> to this day, if you have bullshit, I'll either try and help you through it or I just won't. <laughs> I'm here for you. Unless I don't want to be. Yeah. <laughs> right up until I don't care. Ricky looks concerned, so I think we might have lost him. Sorry, no, I, oh. uh, I'm just my day of technical difficulties is continuing and my phone is dying. So I had to unplug my headphones and plug in a charger. Gotcha. Thank God I'm not an important guest though. <laughs> you are the most important guest. Are you kidding me? I have these kind of issues every single week, basically. So it's like, you're just, it's across the board. When we get through the holidays, we're going to set him up in his office and he's going to have a similar setup to how you do with like a nice mic and a, yeah, I'm in there now. I just yeah. haven't set anything up. He's getting there. The bad rabbits drum heads look dope as hell. Yeah, they're the that. only things I've hung up in the house. <laughs> then show them off. Hell yeah! Right, and I have more art hanging in my office behind me than I do in my actual house. Yeah, I, I have, have the same of... banner you have hanging behind you. It's over there on the floor. He <laughs> says a rug. Bath I mat. need to put something right here, just to fill in the camera angle, but. Um, so Joe, we've gone about 45 minutes. I don't know. Is there anything else we want to bring up or talk about anything that you're super excited about? Um, let's see. What am I super excited about? Um, geez, I really have to think about that one. Nothing's exciting anymore. No. Oh, I wish COVID wasn't here. So I can come give you a hug. I know. Right. (laughs) We could skip through a crosswalk together. You name the day, sir. (laughs) That should just be a thing in Worcester, skipping around downtown. I mean, you did that thing at Bellbrook, the the mini shoots. You can totally do a mini shoot session down on Main Street, Worcester, where you have families come and just cross the crosswalk with you, and you just do that for four hours. Oh, I could no, I could do a lot because how long how long is that stopwalk? Is it is it um? It was like sixty seconds. Ten seconds. Fifteen. Yeah, I could do like fifteen second photo shoots. no excuses that's it you have 15 seconds to get get your shit together for a photo flash photo shoot (laughs) i do i'm sure tons of people would want those shots like we had yeah yeah that was fun that was a lot of fun i'm glad we got to go to that alley because it's been like a weird dream of mine to go to that alley (laughs) i love that alley it's i do that photo it's just like it's just you're surrounded by concrete and just the just the perspective with the lines going, you know? Yeah. yeah, I like how you came low on it. So you had those top angles. 
Yeah, I needed that because I couldn't. Again, you know how I feel about dumpsters. Oh yeah, and and that, yeah, that's another thing. The city of Worcester has to get rid of those dumpsters. They're really fucking up your jam, you know. Yeah, don't you know alleyways are meant for like cool photo shoots, not dumpsters. Uh, what? The, it's ridiculous. What the frig? What? Yeah, what the frig? Well, Joe, um, thank you very much for hanging out with us and for taking those awesome shots and for spending an hour this morning. How can people find more of your photography and see your work? Um, well, my website is helloimjoe.com. And my Instagram is underscore helloimjoe.com. And my email is hello at helloimjoe.com. And <laughs> nice and easy for the people. No, I love the brand consistency. Hey, it's because that's how I introduce myself. So why not just brand it with that? <laughs> so good. Yeah. Good yeah phone's blowing up um well we hope to see you at the shop soon or the coffee shop that is but uh you're always a pleasure to see around the city and we're big fans of your work and your presence so thank you for being cool ditto kiddo yeah <gasps> Papa Joe! yeah what i just cut out he said ditto kiddo and i just yelled papa joe <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry. I was very confused. Way too yeah. excited. I had two whole big cups of coffee and now I'm getting myself ramped up to go get COVID tested. <laughs> yeah. For that tickler. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. They probably stopped somewhere in there. Hey, thanks, Joe. You're the greatest. Um, that was a blast. I love Joe very, very, very much. He is one of my favorite human beings to see all of the time. Um, so yeah, and I know he's somebody that we've been saying again with this ongoing list that we have of like, fuck, we gotta have Joe on the show. We gotta have Joe on the show. And it just never happens. And finally it happened before we get into it. I found my slipknot pass. I can't find my ticket, but I do have it. Eventually it'll make it onto the stub stories. Maybe I'll even do it in the next one. We'll see. Cause I changed up my format a little bit, but yeah. So slipknot pass, woot nanny, suck it. (laughs) <laughs> i love it i absolutely love it um but yeah just to dovetail off of you off of, for joe uh i've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed getting to know joe um we haven't really been friends for long only maybe a couple of years now but you know we've gone kayaking together he's the kind of guy that inspires you inspires you to be a better version of yourself and then always is up for something weird or interesting or fun um, we have a standing date to go kayaking in the middle of Lake Quinsig when it's ice outside. So, yeah. Tom. <laughs> As I die. No dying. That sounds uh, adorably terrifying. Yeah, like it doesn't sound scary so much as it just sounds cold and miserable. Yeah. We're doing it that for the Instagram terrible. photo. That's what I keep telling him. Oh, so. I mean, that's, you're speaking my, my language, dog. <laughs> but thank you so very much, Joe. You were a delight. Sorry, we couldn't get Wayne Gretzky. We tried, guys. We got the only person cooler and more legendary than Wayne Gretzky. Yes. Fact, Fact, not an opinion. (laughs) I was trying to say we got Wayne Gretzky's daughter name, but I couldn't remember her name. I know she's a model. Paulina Gretzky. That's what it is. She's married to some golfer. Oh, well, that's less fun. I don't know who he is, but... Um, I don't know. 
All right. Well, Solon's getting a break this week because I'm having fun and I'm making jingle bells with cans. So Stoke and Poke time. Oh, damn. Stokes and Pokes, Ricky jokes, Travis rips a bowl. Fizzle fiends all make a scene when we yell seltzer time. Hey, Stokes and Pokes, Ricky's joke, Travis rips a bowl. Fizzle fiends all make a scene when we yell seltzer time. Hey! Oh, doesn't that make you feel festive, Ricky? It really does. Festive. <laughs> Festive AF, as yeah. the kids say. What kids? Me, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I I really to to for the 99th poke. I I I don't know. I'm having trouble with Christmas coming and and all the stresses of everything and and trying to get everything done and trying to maintain a mental health and all that other happy horseshit. So. I don't really want to like stress too hard about what I'm poking. So I'm just going to poke the fact that thank Christ this year is ending. Uh, thank Christ that we can just put the, close the books on this shit and start fresh in 2021. And I know nothing really changes. It's the fucking same people. It's the same situation. However, uh, hopefully after January 20th, some bright shit happens and we're able to put into motion some really good change. And I've heard that it could be as early as April that the general public is seeing vaccinations mm. that, you know, it's just shit is trending in the right direction. Let's ignore the fact that there's a second COVID in England. That's a different type of COVID, but uh, anyway, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm yeah. I want to, I'm, I guess I'm poking mental attitude and let's, let's keep it posy. Cool. Cool. Good point, I don't know. Travis. I'm Thanks. into that. <laughs> Uh, oh, fuck, I forgot to get my... Sorry, be right back. Okay. Hey, you guys, what's up? It's just me right now. Travis just left the room. Um, his room, where it's obviously in different places. Yeah, so I'm thinking 2021, little secret information. We might, like, pimp out our YouTube a little bit more, pimp out our TikTok a lot more. Um, Travis is back, so... Hey, man. Um, I forgot to get my talking aids. So I am stoked... There's a dude on TikTok who wrapped up wrapped up his uh, sister's present, and I think it was a gift card, and he wrapped it up to look like a kayak, so that when she came out, it looked like he had bought her a kayak, and it was just a gift card. And I love that idea. It's a little wasteful because it was a lot of wasted paper. So this year, I kind of took a lead from that, and I wrapped up my father-in-law's present to look like a cat. Okay. And my dad's to look like a toy car. That's fantastic. So um, it started with this because I buy my father and he doesn't watch the show, so he's not going to spoil his gift. Uh, I buy my father-in-law gum. The dude chews gum like it's his job. He loves the sugar-free Trident gum. So I buy him like a big-ass pack every year. But this year I wanted to switch it up. And then I'm like, well, I'm going through this much effort for my father-in-law. I might as well do a similar effort for my own dad. There you go. So wrap wrap things to look like other things. Let's have some fun. When I was a little kid, um, I never wanted anything for Christmas except for like CDs. Okay. I wanted stuff. It was always like music related. So it was like concert tickets or CDs. So after a while, my dad started rapping. He'd get me like whatever, five, say five CDs. I don't know. And he'd wrap them in like a huge box or like put them in like a, 
like a boot box or something. So I'd like open it and I'm like, what the hell is this? Like I had no clue. And then I'd open it and there'd be like a couple CDs in there. And I was like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, I love I that it. stuff. I thought it was great. My, my dad mom... used to work for a printing, sorry, my dad worked for a printing company. So like you, the presents my dad wrapped were always in plain white, like printing paper. He would take home like a huge roll of it. Um, and it would last like oh, fucking years. Like it sure. literally, he had it forever. Um, so they were just all, plain white boxes, just plain white. Yeah. Just, you knew my dad's wrapping. Cause it was like plain white with written with a Sharpie to Ricky from dad to Joey from dad or mom I, love dad. The I think my dad always wrote mom and dad on everything, but it was awesome. I love the so Spartan. Sick. I used to wrap my, my, my family's gift in tinfoil to my mom yelled at me for wasting tinfoil. Awesome. Yeah. And then I would, then I would do the funny papers and I would collect funny papers for a while and wrap everybody's That's gifts so in good. funny papers. I'm like the worst rapping person of all time. I hate it. Get bags, son. Yeah. It's probably, it's usually what I like go with for the most part. So anyway, that's what I got for Stokes and Pokes. Wrap your gifts to something fun. And uh, yeah, what do you got for the people? Sick. Sup. Okay. So <laughs> my poke is all right. So I want to like get the, the Seltzer Time Twitter to kind of like bump a little bit more. And the other day, I drove into work after on what day did it snow? It snowed a lot on Thursday. So Friday morning, driving into work and I park behind Crust. So like, I usually come out, I'd usually take the tunnel and come out in front of crust. And then I take a right and go up George street, which is like that huge hill. Yeah. I'm a moron. And I drove all the way from my house to downtown and realized like how crappy the roads were. Cause they didn't really do a good job plowing. So I still took George street, like a fucking jabroni. And as soon as I pulled, so the best part about it was there was like two utility trucks on either end of it. So I was like, Oh fuck, George street's closed. And which would have been awesome, but instead they were working on the sidewalks around it or like on the manhole things in front of it or whatever. So there was a cop just kind of standing there and I look, I'm like, Oh, it's actually open. So I like throw my blinker on and I pull onto George. And as soon as I pulled on, I was like, Oh fuck. Cause like they didn't plow that street at all. How are they going to plow it? Yeah. It's like a vertical fucking It's a straight up mountain. So I'm like driving up this thing and I'm like, why did I do that? That was so stupid. It's a one-way road. There's really nothing you can do except just commit. And my car is like really, really good in the snow, but this was so bad. So I'm like going, but there's a man walking down the middle of George street in the snow. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? So the whole time I'm now panicking, like full on, like, fuck, this is, there's like four different ways this is going to be bad. And there's like, half of a way this might be okay so <laughs> i'm going and going and going and my car is like half sideways like it's like slipping and sliding all over the place which it never does this is and this guy's just like running down the hill and i'm like what the fuck finally i stop and now i'm just stuck like once you stop you can't keep going i'm at the absolute like the part where it's the steepest before you get to the top i'm just before you get to that part so there's nothing I can do. I'm just sitting there in my car with my foot as fucking like hard down on the brake as humanly possible, waiting for this man to go anywhere else. So he runs by and like waves to me and I'm like, oh yeah, fuck my life. So he like runs by. I'm now watching him in my rearview mirror. He finally like gets further enough away and then onto what 
is the sidewalk that's also covered in snow. So I'm like, all right, at least he's not in the road anymore. Now I have to get out of the situation that I'm stuck in. I'm I fucking can't, riveted, dude. I can't I'm riveted. go forward. So I throw my car in reverse. I'm now driving backwards down a slowy as fuck George Street. I'm like, okay, because there's so there's two parking lots that like kick off a of George. And I'm like, all right, I'll back into one of those. I'll turn around and then I'll just go down face first. Screw I'll it. go down the wrong way. Yeah. I was like, it sucks. But at least if I start to slide, I can see what I'm about to die into. <laughs> Instead of going down backwards, like, well, you know what? Fuck it. So I could see what I'm about to die into. So, <laughs> so I'm waiting. I'm, I'm sitting in my car. Like I, I'm now backed into this driveway thing and i'm watching as this man gets to the bottom of the street and then goes on to main street so i'm like all right cool at least now there's only one of us that's gonna die if i lose control it's just me it's not this random person who's like you know what i should do the day after a snowstorm i'm gonna jog down the biggest hill in the city so i'm now going down and the cop that was standing at the bottom he probably i mean he watched this entire thing happen they all probably stopped they're like watch this we got another one right so but he was cool though like he was kind of like waving me down and like i knew at least hopefully nobody is gonna come up at me because like that's not gonna end well for anybody involved so i get to the bottom and i I rolled up my window and i'm like yeah man like not my best move he's like yeah i didn't plow i'm like yeah i know so i like go around and park as i get out of my car I pop on Twitter on the Seltzer Time account and I wrote defund the police fund the DPW. And it was like the highest engaged tweet we've ever had on the, on the Seltzer Time account. And I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. People were like all about it. And then literally lot this today, there's like mad DPW cars outside of my house because of that flood, like the pipe that broke. And I was like, see, they need to be funded properly because they plow sometimes if they can and they fix they take care of all the water issues in my life that aren't technically my fault or a problem but yeah it it was nuts so i almost died on george street on friday (laughs) i'm glad you got out of it homie so my poke is we gotta fund up the dpw guys because they need better plowing equipment because it sucks um but yeah that's it I and then, want anybody that isn't from Worcester, that isn't familiar with Worcester, just to Google George Street Worcester and find the George Street Challenge and take a look at this. This hill is like infamous around here for being the yeah. steepest hill around. It's insane. And there's buildings and stuff like on either side. But it's not like you're just like going down a hill. There really isn't room for error. First of all, you're not really, you can't drive down it. You're supposed to only drive up it. Yeah. But like... Going down it is not the fun thing at all, especially when you know that the road is just like straight up snow. One big slip and slide. Yeah, that's literally, that's what it was. I almost, remember the sign we had that was like, we should slip and slide down George Street or something like that? You almost made that shit legit. (laughs) In a fucking car. You're so badass. Well, you know me, just being a badass. Um, What are you stoked about? (laughs) I'm alive. No, uh, same. <laughs> so my stoke is the Celtics are back um, tomorrow. What's today? 21st. So on Wednesday, the 23rd basketball's back. I'm really excited. Um, I know the Celtics lost Gordon Hayward, which I don't really know how I feel about it. I don't really care. Cause he's always hurt, but with him gone, 
it gives time to the younger kids, gives them more shots, which is what they need because they are actually good. And Gordon Hayward definitely is not what he was, but, um, yeah, I'm stoked. Celtics made some moves that I think they really needed to make. They brought in actual bench players. Tristan Thompson's here, which he's married to a Kardashian or one of the, he's affiliated with the Kardashians. I don't know if he's married. There's a baby, I think with somebody, but either way, he's like a famous guy because he's like of that. a famous guy. He's like a, he's like a famous guy, but he, Respect. he's a solid bench guy. Like that, that move actually makes sense. They've made a couple other ones that were good too. And I'm just really happy that sports are back that I care about. Cause I don't fucking care about football and the Patriots suck. So <laughs> I didn't. And I, then the, I forget that football's even still going. Yeah, everybody did because it sucks. It doesn't matter this year. It's like cool. Every team, who cares? It's garbage. Every team, but, who cares? <laughs> but the NHL also officially announced today they come back on January thirteenth. So I'm very excited about that. January thirteenth for a full season, half season, fifty six games. So it's more than. So a it's more than season? half a season. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. They normally play 82. Or 82. Yeah. So they're going to play 56, which is good. But they're they're in different divisions. Like, we play eight games against the same eight teams, I think. It might not even be eight. I forget. Yeah, I think it's eight teams in each division. Um, So it's like we, we're literally all of our games are going to be against Washington, Pittsburgh, Philly, um. Oh my God. And I think the two New York teams and they might've been kind of okay with that. Carolina, maybe that's going to create like that playoff style hockey really early on for sure. Cause you're going to get really familiar with the dudes you're playing against. Yes. I mean, it sucks for us cause we have to play Washington, Philly, New York, uh, Tampa Bay might be the other. I don't remember exactly how we have it set up. Either way, we I play see. like three of the of the seven teams that we play are really fucking good. And two of them have the opportunity to be very fucking good. So it's going to be very tough. But It'll be interesting, man. It'll be entertaining. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm That's excited it. for you. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's how well, we do it. 99, bitches people we have some business to talk about so uh we're gonna let you go thank you for joining us for the 99th episode and for as many episodes as you listen to i have been travis you could find me at uh seltzertime.com of course and at hunchback travis or travisduda.com Ooh, kids got two websites try um, trying my- <laughs> i've been ricky you guys can find me at seltzertime official tiktok twitter dickchuck77 same things played with Snapchat last week. Probably won't keep playing with it because it, it's fun, but it doesn't do it for me. Uh, and then, yeah, that's, that's the move. Find our YouTube. If you're watching it, you found it. Like us subscribe. <laughs> we just got an email. We have like through what 3000 views. I think we've had, yeah, we just got a celebratory thing. That was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Imagine, imagine it would be so sick. if They were like a dollar a view. Dope. Yo, it'd be so sick if it was like a nickel of you. Also dope. Still means we're getting a 30 rack or something happen. Anyway. All right. Uh, thank you, people. And we'll see you next week. Well, cool. Bye, guys.